Welcome back to Amigas Con Ganas. I'm Jade. And I'm Syra. And we want to thank all of our returning listeners and our new listeners. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> get it, get it. Alrighty, Amigas, thank you for joining the show today. We apologize in advance. Um, today's episode is going to be a little different. You guys were under the impression that we were going to interview Liz Juarez, although we had some technical difficulties and, um, also we had a schedule conflict, you know, life happens, you know, we get it. So yeah, so we are not going to leave our amigas hanging and we're going to continue with the show and we're going to pick off on some questions that we had from our last post. So we're going to dig in. All right, let's do this. So let's start off with our first question. Last week, we asked um, our followers and listeners to ask us any questions that they want to know about us or any of the podcasts that we recently made. The first question we got from was, let's see, sorry, I'm opening it up right now. It's actually from my best friend, my best friend from life. Oh. Yeah, she's my, my, my amiga. Tell us about your best friend. Like, I don't know anybody else with more ganas than this amiga. So her name is Maida. Um, she is, she actually, we met like about 10 years now, maybe, maybe nine. Dang. Maybe eight. I don't know. Somewhere between eight and 10 years, somewhere around there. That's Um, a very long relationship. Yeah. We actually met in um, the San Francisco Bay Area. We were both doing AmeriCorps at the time. And we were working for San Mateo Four Seas. And I was at a domestic violence shelter. That was my my job. And she was at a... um, at one of the four C's preschools. And so she was doing like direct intervention with preschoolers who were going to four C's. And then I was doing intervention with little kids that were doing, that were living in the shelter. So Um, we both kind of had like this passion for kids and all that good stuff. Um, And then it was really weird because we were friendly, but we weren't friends. We were friendly, but we weren't friends. And, um, we actually took a trip to Chicago one summer for a training. She's the the good one. She went to every single thing there at the conference. And she was like attending everything and took all the notes and everything. And I was like, screw this. And I actually just went through Chicago <laughs> and said I went to all the trainings. But I didn't. I was like eating Chicago style hot dogs, you know, uh, taking... Oh Subway everywhere, looking for Oprah. <laughs> you like Oprah? Who? I mean, if I ran into Oprah, like, why not? Oh, never mind. I'm so dumb. I thought you said like opera. Oh no, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Because her show in Chicago, and I kind of like found the hood where she like, and it was like her last year of doing the show or something. So. <laughs> so silly I remember walking down like looking for Harpo Studios like if I run into Op- like Oprah's on the streets of Chicago <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so like there was a fancy restaurant from like this lady who won um one of the top chef competitions and she was uh-huh. the first female chef who won top chef on Bravo 
and she had this really cute restaurant called The Girl and the Goat. And so I was able to get a reservation for her at one other person, me and one other person. And I was like, all these motherfuckers do not appreciate food that we're traveling with. I was like, I know who's gonna go and have fun and eat good food with me. And it's gonna be my girl, Myra. So I was like, hey, Myra, you wanna go to dinner with me like on a date or something? <laughs> What'd you like, say? Yeah, sure. And like, we didn't, we like met there. We took public transportation from totally different, well, she was coming from the conferences. I was coming from a museum. <laughs> And we, and we ate this bomb meal and she like there was a there was a side of kimchi and I remember she was like oh my god I love kimchi and I went hey Mexican girl and you like kimchi okay I see you and like for me that was like huge because like most most people don't know about kimchi I, I don't even know about kimchi you should really research kimchi it's really good for your gut is it, is it vegetable plant-based or is it animals it's well both it's like a traditional korean dish and it's made out of cabbage and it's chile like the really hot red chile and oh, okay. they ferment it um but sometimes there's like seafood mixed in but they do make vegan versions and it goes with all meals like if you go to korea it's like a side dish for everything mm. um it's kind of like, like miso soup if you're like your spaghetti kind of something like that it'd be like you go to it'd be like you go to spain and they give you olives next to everything or like oh gotcha like they're like tortillas with every mexican dish and yes yeah, exactly. yeah. Like gotcha okay on the side for everything and that's their tortillas right so i looked at her and i was like oh, okay i see you I, i'm okay and like we had a great meal and we talked about things and it was one of those moments where you're like huh why didn't we do this before? <laughs> why, why, why did it take, like, I think it took at that point, like a year and a half. And then we were best friends after that. Then she got into Sonoma State into her master's program for education. Hey, yes, because she's a smart Mexicana um, and she's a dreamer. And at the time I was moving up here too. Like, mm -hmm. I, I was like, oh, I'm moving up there. We should be friends up there. And then we were not living together. We were actually, and then at one point, my mom was like, why aren't you and Myra just living together and saving rent? And we were like, oh, yeah, we should do that. Then we lived together for like four, three, four years. I don't even remember. Oh, that's so cute. And like, we would have died little old ladies with our cute little dogs. Like, like this is perfect. And then Myra met a dude. And I was like, oh. I'll see you. He's a good dude. And she's like, peace out, Jade. I'm <laughs> out. <laughs> I got a man now. But no, she met a dude. He was a good dude. Um, and they did their whole like courtship. And then they were dating. Like he was driving up here all the time. Um, mm -hmm. And then finally they decided, no, we're going to move in together. And they got married. And now they have a baby. She's all the way out in Lodi because like she's living with her family and stuff because she's a baby and there's a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, long story. That's my BFF for life. Damn, girl. It all. I have so many BFFs forever. Not forever, but <laughs> I've what? had like 10, five, I don't know. <laughs> That's all you need. How many do you need in life? 
Well, some of them wouldn't even be friends anymore, so I don't think they're my best friends anymore. <laughs> well, if you saw them, would you be able to, like, pick it up? For um, I don't know. It depends. Depends on who it is and which one, you know? Like, yeah. I haven't seen Myra in a while, and I haven't even met the baby because pandemic Aww. and grad school. And also, like, we were going to, I was actually going to go next weekend, but um, there was some things going on, like, she was concerned about, like, pandemic stuff, and I don't blame her. Like, yeah, definitely. I mean, you have a baby and it's a pandemic. You yeah. have to take every precaution that you can. Yeah. But like, even if we didn't see each other for two years, we'd be able to pick it up. Do you still have friends like that too? Even after two Um, yeah, I still have friends like that, but they're not like my best friends, but, but they're my friends, you know? What would you call them? Just friends? Just friends. Not biffles or beans. Sometimes I forget I have friends and my boyfriend's like, oh, what about that friend? And I'm like, oh yeah, huh? I'm like, dude, I don't socialize too often. I'm just a homebody and I keep to myself and I don't really hang out with much people. I mean, I talk to you and I hang out with you, but. <laughs> so you need more amigas con ganas or do you like having a small circle? Um, that's a good question. Honestly, I'm in between both. Like I'm back and forth. I don't know. Sometimes I, I like hanging out with a bunch of girls and then sometimes I get like social anxiety and I'm like, I don't want to hang out with anyone. Yeah. So are you like an introvert? Would you call yourself that? I think so. Some days I'm introverted and some days I'm extroverted. It all depends mm -hmm. on where the moon shines. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Like that's why people are like, I'm an introvert. And I'm like, truth, like some days I'm an introvert and some days I'm an extrovert. Some days I'm like, don't talk to me. You know, I'm like, I oh, don't text me. Jade <laughs> has Jade has her times where she's like, I'm working right now. I can't talk to you, and I'm just like, okay, girl, you can look at this whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'll get to you. I just don't. My brain is full. Sorry. And I'm just like, all right, all right, it's okay. <laughs> I I like my boundaries. Hey, I know you're very good at setting your boundaries. That's one thing that I love and not and hate about like having a cell phone because now, like before. Like, at one point, when someone texted you, you'd be like, oh, I'll answer that when I answer it. Now, yeah. people text you, and they expect an answer, like, right now. And you're like, yeah. give me a minute. <laughs> I'm not I feel you. about it. <laughs> I'm such a horrible person at responding to texts. Like, sometimes I'll respond, sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll just leave them open. I'm terrible. I need to get better at that. Hmm. No. Oh, yeah, she asked a question. <laughs> yeah, very off topic. Sorry, guys. This is what we do all the time. We start ranting about everything. <laughs> it's okay, but you guys are still listening. So yeah, well, Myra is Jade's best friend, and she asked me a question on one of our second episode, which was the one where I was talking about one of my passions, which was DV. So her question said, Syra, you mentioned how it's sometimes hard for you to take a compliment from your current partner due to your past experience. Does that become an issue in your relationship? Do you feel you need consistent reassurance? So yeah, that was what she asked me. Um, let me think about this. It does, I don't think it becomes an issue for my relationship because it hasn't been brought up that me not taking a compliment is making uh, an effect to my relationship so I don't know I would have to ask my boyfriend for that so I'm gonna ask him after the show <laughs> but 
And then do I feel like I need consistent reassurance? Sometimes I do. Like if I do my makeup or something, I want to be complimented. You know, like I want to be told like, oh, you look pretty, whether I want to take it or not, you know, you know, just sometimes, but he does do that. Sometimes he'll be like, oh, you're so cute. And sometimes I'll play with him and be like, no, I'm not, you know, but I'm just playing. But I don't know. I don't really think it brings up any issues for our relationship. If, if you don't get that, how do you communicate that you need that? If he like, doesn't like compliment me or something. Yeah, if you do something and you're like, oh, I hope, not, not, oh, I hope, or like, I would like some acknowledgement on blah, 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 and it's not happening naturally, like he's not saying it, or maybe he just didn't even notice it. Yeah. Communicate that that's in fact what you need, rather than, because I think I see a lot of, a lot of folks that have kind of similar, like we just said, I got boundaries, and I'm pretty direct. And when I, I like, I, I can remember in relationships being like, so I need you to like pet my head right now while we watch this movie. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then he does it. And, I, and I'm like, great. That's exactly what I wanted. So like without me saying it, it probably would never have happened. And I would have sat there and started to get like, oh, why isn't he doing it? Yeah. So how do you, how do you state your needs? So you don't become, it doesn't become a bigger thing than what it really is. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think I'm still working on that. I don't think I have a perfect relationship and I do have a very hard time stating my needs. Also because like I mentioned before, I hate confrontation. Like I run from that shit. And that's one of like my big growth areas that I want to really work on because oftentimes when I'm like, okay, I'm about to confront someone, I get all nervous and shit. There's a knot on my throat. And half the time it's really me just worrying about how they're going to take it and worrying about their feelings and I don't really think about my feelings so I think that's a lot of what goes on with me I'm just like I don't want to hurt that person's feelings push back on that like yeah so I I have to like work on that but I mean I do you know if I if I see him not you know like acknowledging that I did my makeup we'll be like oh I did my makeup do you like it you know Mm -hmm. yeah I'll be like oh okay you look nice but lately during this pandemic I look like shit all the time and I don't do my makeup like I'm just literally I roll out of bed (laughs) so but when I do my makeup he'll be like "Ooh, like you look nice you know and because I do feel in the moment that I do look nice I'll be like oh thank you you know yeah but it just depends on how I'm feeling some days so do you see those moments because you mentioned like you don't like confrontation do you Mm -hmm. see those moments as confrontation like what what about that is actually confrontational for you because I see confrontation as something totally different, but what about that as confrontation for you? I don't know. Like I said, to me, it's just very scary. Like the way I see it, and I think I do need to change my view of it. I think I'm just like, I see it as an argument. Like I'm going to start an argument with someone and they're going to disagree with my feelings. Hmm. And I think a lot of the reasons why I feel that way is because when I wasn't scared to confront someone in my old relationship, it ended up being an abusive, like, argument. So when I try to confront my current partner today, I, I think I get very taken aback to my old partner that I think he's going to do the same things that he did or something, you know? And I think that just brought up a lot of anxiety within me that now I'm just, like, too scared to confront anyone about anything, you mm-hmm. know? Because it's just, like, so many emotions going on inside of me. Yeah. So, yeah. It's fascinating because, like, for me, confrontation is, like, somebody did something that made me feel upset. 
or hurt and I need to tell that person like, hey, I feel X or Z or whatever. I feel this way because of your actions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see that as like, sorry, I don't see that as confrontation. I see that as stating my needs. Yeah. Like, that person didn't even know that they were going to hurt my feelings, right? Because they were just living their happy little lives, right? Mm-hmm. Like blind spots of like, oh, I'm going to do this i'm gonna go i'm gonna finish that soda or whatever you're drinking and then they cut and you come back and you're like what you finished the soda and that person's like i didn't even have i didn't even know you wanted to drink it i didn't huh and yeah. i agree and so then it turns into something else rather than like hey next time you finish the soda like can you check in with me or just go get another soda because it's just fucking soda um <laughs> also don't drink soda guys I don't know why I use example. Actually, no way I use example because I talked to this about a friend about like somebody finished something in the house and it triggered this huge argument. And I'm like, y'all are arguing about this? Okay. Um, (laughs) So um, like for me, that's not a negative. It's just me stating my feelings. And it's interesting that you feel like they're going to disagree with your feelings because like at the end of it, how can anybody disagree with your feelings? Yeah. And I think like, yeah, I mean, like I said, it goes a lot with being in in a a toxic relationship in the past. You share your feelings and they're like, no, like that's your fault. Not my fault. Right. Like they manipulate you to, to make you feel like your feelings are invalid and you're not worthy and stuff. So I feel like I was molded into this. My mind is like molded into this thing that I'm still trying to unmold or whatever. And to tell myself like, no, it's okay to express how I feel, you know? And I do it. Um, I have my moments where I'm like, no, I don't want to. But then I like push myself. And it also helps if I reach out to someone to let them know when they push me to do it. Mm. If I like let someone know, like, I'm feeling this way. Like, what do I do? You know, right. Right. And they tell me, no, you got to do this. Do it. Do it. You know? Yeah. 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 I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it just, t- it takes time, you know, for someone who's leaving out of a toxic relationship. Yeah. How do they state their needs and what they need for themselves I think the reason why like when I think about like how like the reason why I am like this is because it was almost like I was told a very different way to shut down my Mm -hmm. feelings a different type of gaslighting like you were told your feelings aren't um are incorrect I was told my feelings are incorrect as well growing up but it was more like you're exaggerating, you're too much, you're being too much of this, you're reading too much, and it's a, it's a different type of gaslighting, where it's like, you're being told, like, you're not valid, and I'm being told, you're being, uh, you're making a mountain out of a molehill, and it's kind of the same, but it's different, and then my reaction was like, oh, hell no, and your reaction was like, kind of shrinking into yourself, and neither yeah. of those are better at all, like, yeah, mine is like, is a different type of like, let me tell you all the ways you're wrong. And right. And yeah. yourself. either way, our needs are getting met. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I know. That's interesting. And I do want to be more like, no, fuck this. These are my needs. Take it or leave it, bitch. <laughs> you know, but I don't know. It's hard sometimes. Like I said, I have my days, you know, some days I'm very like powerful about my needs and I'm like, yes, this is what I want and need them. And some days I'm like hesitant about stating them, you know? Yeah. I'll have to do some more, some more, what would you call it? 
some deeper healing or discovery on what it is that you know have you read about projection because i was reading i think for a long time and i still do it i'm i'm horrible at it at projecting my shit onto other like reading trying to read their minds like Mm-hmm. oh you're thinking this and then when they say their thoughts I'm like oh man I was way off base <laughs> I was just projecting my trauma onto that person like they were on the same page <laughs> I definitely think that's a lot that I do is I project my own inner feelings and my own thoughts I think I'm like very insecure like I know I'm very insecure with myself so I project a lot of like these thoughts that people think of me and that's not what they're thinking at all yeah. And even yeah. when you tell me, I'm like, okay, I still think that though. <laughs> no, I know because that text, you sent me a text and you were like, you're doing so much work, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, that wasn't even a thought. Like, didn't even think that. Like, yeah. And after you said it, I'm not saying that your feelings are wrong. I'm just saying that even though you said it, like, I still don't think that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Jay's going to think I'm not doing any work. Like, fuck, I need to speed this up. Like, I'm so tired. I'm busy. Like, okay, I need to figure something out, you know? And then you're like, that's not even what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. Like, if you feel that way, it's 100% valid on your feelings. Yeah. I, I didn't even think that. And even after you thought it and you said it, I was like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but cool. If you need me to do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, that's yeah. a lot with, yeah. But that answers that question, Myra. I hope that I answered your question if you're listening. <laughs> and if I didn't, let me know. <laughs> Did you answer her question? I feel like you kind of glossed over a little bit. You think I so? Pull it out I missed. Does that become an issue? Well, you, were like, well, you said All you said was, I have to ask my boyfriend and it's not about like that to me is just another way of like yeah I think it's like you seeking validation from him about your responses as opposed to like what are your actual thoughts about the thing yeah I mean if it's hard for me to take a compliment does it become an issue in my relationship I mean in the long run I guess so because I feel like he'd probably feel like dude, come on, like, I think you look great, and you're not taking the compliment, like, what the heck, you know? Okay. And, like, what's the thing of that? Like, you named it, the trauma and everything. Yeah, I also have noticed that when I do not take his compliments, he doesn't compliment me as much anymore, because he's, like, over it. Well, he feels rejected, right? Like, yes. yeah. like, oh, I did it, she wanted it, and now she's, like, rejecting me so why am I going to do it again just to feel rejected it's like keep hurting each other left and right like yeah so then he doesn't compliment me and I'm like oh why aren't you complimenting me well I did and you rejected it (laughs) yeah totally absolutely yeah so yeah I mean I guess it is an issue and I think for myself I do need to like say thank you you know Mm -hmm. When someone compliments you, just say thank you. Don't say anything negative, like, no, I'm not pretty. Like, oh, thank you. You know, and little by little, you'll start to feel it yourself. Yeah. I know my defense for that is like, thanks, I try. Like, I try and make it into humor because that's how I deflect. Like, rather than like you reject, I deflect the humor. Like, like, thanks, even though I feel like my double chin is showing and everyone goes, ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, Okay, good. Now you can leave. <laughs> okay, now bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> That's my deflection. That's my uh, coping mechanism. There's That's great. To, like deflect the humor because yeah. people think you're funny or you're cheery or you're happy. Um, 
they leave you alone and yeah. like picking on you or you know like I think that's a fat girl fat fat girl defense mechanism like growing up right like if I was funny or if I was this then people would would like me for this oh, okay I can see that yeah. yeah versus like oh they don't versus like oh they're not going to be around me because like you know I don't know I don't look good in a swimsuit also I don't fucking care if I look good in a swimsuit like no, just fucking wear that shit. Who cares? Also, I'll go naked. <laughs> What'd you say? I'll go naked. You know I like to go to hot springs. <laughs> I'll go naked outside in the hot springs. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Don't care. Walk around without a top. Do it. <laughs> and chonies too, girl. I don't care. Like that's not chonies. You're just like this is Jade. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna die this way. Why would I live my life like hiding it? Right? What you think of me? Yeah. Preach, preach, Jade, preach. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move on to our second question. Yeah. And this question is. Do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? No, go ahead, read it. Okay. So this question is from my other friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jade's amigas are supporting us hardcore, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I really do appreciate Well, I, I don't think. I know I appreciate it. Okay. She, my other friend Jane, she and I went to grad school together. Um, so, and we've actually talked about this a lot of times in person. So she says, I recently had a phone conversation with my grandmother and she said something offensive about the Black Lives Movement Matter, Black Lives Matter movement. I responded that I disagreed with her and stated why, but I don't think it got through to her. I know a phone conversation when I'm at break at work probably isn't the best time to dive deep into a conversation like that. But it made me wonder, wonder when is? And what are some examples of successful conversations about diversity, politics, um, with family members? That was a really hard question. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, I don't know. You're asking me who avoids confrontation, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's funny because we're probably both going to give very different answers. Yeah, like Jade's a different persona and I'm a very different persona. <laughs> Which is why this, this relationship works well. Yeah. Because we can give lots of different viewpoints. Yeah. I mean... What would when, you do? I mean, when is a perfect time to have a conversation? I feel like because this matter is so important, you know, and it's a very sensitive topic you know, you can't really have this conversation, you know, during your lunch break over the phone, because this type of conversation can take like an hour, two hours, you know, it can turn into this big debate, mm -hmm. you know, so definitely having the space and time, especially because it sounds like, you know, Jane, you got offended and you want to, you know, you got, you were, you disagreed with her, so you wanted to give your viewpoint, so you definitely need time and space to be heard. And it needs to be in, in the phone, like, uh, sorry, face-to-face -face conversation, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think you're right on that. Like, I know if I was on the phone with anybody, not just with family, well, I'd probably be even more blunt because it's family. Um, I would probably say, like, hey, I'd love to chat about this. Can we pick another time? Because I'm on my lunch break at work. Because for me, my end goal is always don't fuck with my money. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't fuck but, like, with my money. <laughs> 
<laughs> so if I come back to work and I'm in a different mood, that fucks up my money. Um, so I would be the person that would be like, okay, let's talk about this. I really want to get in this with you and like have this conversation. When's a good time? Yeah, but like, how do you respond in that point? Sorry, how do you respond in that tone? Because you're talking about Black Lives Matter, and that's very like, yeah, very sensitive topic that you're not going to be very upbeat about, you know. Especially if someone is not agreeing with you, and it you can be really offensive. Like, you want to attack back. <laughs> you know, I would say, a family member too. I would be different. I would say like, that's a great question, Grandma. Let's talk about that. Like, I'm yeah. talk about that with you. Like, good question. Like, let's get on the phone. I think that would have a different reaction because, like, if you meet that with, like, anger or quote-unquote anger, let's, let's dig even further. She brought this up and she knew you were on your lunch break at work to elicit a response. Like, like this isn't a normal like hey how's the weather in Sonoma County like yeah congratulations on your graduation like this was brought up to elicit something and she knows and from my previous experiences talking to her about this grandma knows that they don't agree so mm -hmm. to bring that up in that moment was to kind of create some type of drama and okay. like some type of whatever maybe grandma's a little bored at home no offense Jane but uh maybe she is and she's looking for a little bit of like hello novellas and she's got nothing on television she's trying to spice something up <laughs> I mean right so she's doing that and then she knows it's not a great time she knows like it's not the conversation to be having right now because you can't really give the full everything to it mm. and I mean, if you know that, and if you know going into conversations with your grandma that that's, or whoever, like that's a pattern of behavior, then I think calling it out and saying like, hey, this is a great conversation for us to have after work. I'd love to be able to answer these questions. Are you free yet? And then you set the time, right? So you're ready. Um, yeah. That's what I would do in terms of setting boundaries. So what you're saying is just kind of know who you're talking to and how you know what to respond to that, per like, you know, how to respond to that person, and then, what else was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so what you're, yeah, so what you're saying is know who you're talking to, and how to respond to that person, and then also just set a time and place, you know, for them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty good. Hot, hot facts of, like, all right, Grandma, let me present the slideshow I have right here. Yeah, you're just like, Grandma, I'm on my lunch break. I want to talk to you, but let's just talk later. Bye. Talk at 6 p.m. because I will have a slideshow of the historical oppression and murdering of Black people. You ready for it? Let's go. Yeah, and then she's going to be like, okay, yes, you're right. <laughs> if she does, cool. But, like, I think that, I think, I think underlying all that it was it was to create some type of drama. Sometimes. Yeah, definitely. So that's how I would respond to it. I think on the other side of it is I wouldn't let it slip. I wouldn't say, oh, she's old. Like yeah. well, But like so I think Jade uh Jane also asked, like, what are some examples of successful conversations about diversity, politics? Mm -hmm like with the family member like how do you talk about that with family members and we also have to I think you have to really also know your history and your and your culture mm -hmm. 
Like if you're going to talk about today's politics, where you currently live in, you have to think about where your family comes from, what diversity looks like to where they're from, and what politics look like in Mexico or Asia or wherever you guys are from, you know? Yeah. Trying to think of successful, well, trying to think, like, I don't have those off the top of my head and like no offense to Jane love her and I know she could do the research that on her own like how is that like why should I do the research for her <laughs> like I mean just said it. like I would say that to her face too because otherwise we would never be friends um <laughs> but like she can do the research and re read white fragility and white privilege and unpacking the knapsack of white privilege. Like she can do all those things and all those books will also help her understand how to have those conversations with her family members. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, there's definitely resources and yeah. we can also share with um, our listeners who are having this issue with their family members right now. You guys, the internet is your best friend. Like, Sometimes you're worse enemy, though. Yeah, but if you're trying to find an answer, just Google it, you know? <laughs> get a book, right? And that's a little flippant, but at the same time, like, like, it's kind of another example of ways that folks are looking for other Black, Indigenous, people of color to do the work when, like, there should be work. I should really, I'm, after I'm done with this, I'm going to text her and be like, I kind of dragged you a little bit. Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's going to be like, oh, Jade. Yeah, no, I feel bad. I feel like I'm being, but it's true in a way. Like, I don't we told you. To answer this for all people of color. I know. And then we also did tell you guys, Jade is very blunt. She's actually you told him that several different times several different ways <laughs> yeah she's just very blunt you know she's like this all the time she will give it to you <laughs> give you life or give you death honey no i mean yeah maybe i've spoke too much on it and maybe i'm being a little too extreme so what is your perspective syra bring bring in the the other perspective of way you would handle it versus Jade's way, which is dragging her friend who I'm hanging like, out with tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really hard because I think this is a very sensitive topic. Um, you know, me uh, coming from a Hispanic culture, it's really hard to have these conversations about politics and diversity with your family because especially with your dad if if he's like a machismo a machis what do you call it machismo machismo yeah or he's like a machista or whatever um yeah. they're always going to be right and you're going to be wrong so it's super hard to have these conversations with parents who just don't want to hear it yeah you know and i think sometimes you just have to tell you know before you even get into it don't waste your time if you know what they're going to say but how is that and see like i think this is what jane's question is how are we being good, how are white folks then able to be good advocates and allies in these kind of private spaces of like where racism and sexism is persistent? Like if mm -hmm. they just are like, I'm not gonna waste my time and let it like just live there. Like how do you, how do you be a good ally and yeah, I mean, just talk to your parent, your family members, like, can I share my thoughts? You may not agree with them or not, but I would I'm asking you to be respectful of my thoughts and my feelings towards this. Yeah. 
and I understand your feelings and your thoughts. Those are yours, yeah. but I don't, you know, at the same time, you can't force people to change the way they think. That is not your job. Like you can promote what you love to people who are going to accept it, but you cannot like, that just creates a hostile environment and it creates bitter feelings towards that person with, you just can't. You yep. are in charge of your own feelings and what you believe in. Yes, Tyra, you're right. No. <laughs> you are right. You, Tyra, you're right. You just gotta do that. Like, just. Maybe the good ally space then in that is then your family knows that they cannot speak like that around you. Yeah, just set your boundaries. Kind of like you said, please be respectful of my opinion. We're just not going to talk about this around, you know? Yeah. And you just advocate for your movement where people appreciate it, you know? Yeah. Yes, Sire, bring us down to the voice of reason. See, this is why we're good. <laughs> I'm like, we're not going to educate you. has spoken. <laughs> we're not going to educate you on anti-racism practices. You need to do your own work. Sire's like, well, actually, <laughs> you can do both. Shut up, everybody. <laughs> I try. I'm not really... I don't really know too much about this, but I'm just speaking from my heart. <laughs> I think that's a good place to speak from. Yeah, just to me, it's just like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how to talk to this. I'm not an expert at this. You know, this shit makes me nervous. But do I avoid it? No. You know, but it's it's hard. How can I mean, you nervous? I, I don't know. Like, honestly... The other day we walked, we drove by, we almost drove by protesters, like drove through them. They were protesting in front of the Santa Rosa police department. Mm -hmm. And we were trying to go on Sonoma Avenue to get to a friend's house. And we literally see these people just blocking the road. And I just got nervous. I got scared. I started getting an anxiety attack. I was like, we need to turn around. I'm not driving through this. Like, oh my God. What about it that was scary? Just because I've seen how people attack the cars, like some people aren't protesting peacefully. Like, yes, they are angry and they're trying to display what they're feeling and they're whatever it is they're doing. Like, it just made me scared. Your I was safety felt at risk. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my god, like we need to turn around. I can't. Yeah, and we did. We, we turned around. I was like, I'm not going through this. <laughs> Do you think that has to do with your concerns, like, of being physically hurt? Like, your own kind of background in that? Yeah, I just, I don't want to get hurt. Like, I think I'm just very scared of the videos I've seen of people getting pulled out the car because of their color. And we also, one of my friends, she was in the car and she's white. And to me, I'm just like, people right now, I'm not saying everybody. Some people right now just have such hate towards white people. Mm. They see a white person in the car and they take them out and start beating them up. But it's like, little do you know that that person supports the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because this kind of really, this is when we should do our part two. But um, this really plays into the, the interview thing that's coming up later of like perception of whiteness. Yeah, that kind of brings me to like next week's conversation that we're going to have around a recent experience I had around um, like an interview where like people, this, the other person who was interviewing me assumed that I was white by my last name. And like, what if I was like, there's an assumption like presence of like my skin is not dark, right? Like I don't look super Chinese. Like I don't, although I'll, I do look Chinese when you look at me the right angle. <laughs> um, so
so like there is this assumption that I am white and I'm yeah. I'm really interested in talk, talking about this because I experienced a very different type of racism than like over like someone yelling something at me like I mean when I was little it was like chink and like used to do the eyes and stuff oh, like yeah. but like or chinita like or all the things right um, so that kind of brings us to next week's conversation that I'm really interested in talking about, about like perceptions of whiteness and how people can assume like maybe you're not an ally or an advocate or you're not really into the Black Lives Matter um, or you're actually a person of color um, just by the skin tone and that and that's it and how dangerous that can actually be. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll definitely talk more about that because that's its own separate conversation. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, um, Amikas, for all your amazing questions. We picked our two, the two questions that popped out to us the most. Um, we're sorry we couldn't get to all of them. Um, before we end this podcast, we'd like to shout out two of our Amigas that we that were engaging on one of our Instagram posts. We asked that you tell us about yourself, where you're from, what you're passionate about, and etc. We had, let's see, I'm going to look them up right now. The first person who responded was, uh, their name was Nail Mean Deco. Nail Me and Co. Nail, nail like nails. Like oh, a- I'm so sorry. I didn't read okay. it right. <laughs> nail Me and Co. Co. Yeah, she said, hola, I'm Priscilla, owner of Nail Me and Co. Oh my God, it's right here in my face. <laughs> <laughs> in Fresno, California, nail artist by trade and entrepreneur at heart. She was born in Mexico and immigrated to the U.S. at the age of three with her parents. And growing up, she knew she had to push herself to prove that her parents' sacrifice was not in vain. And she's passionate about women empowerment. That's great. You are in the right community. (laughs) She loves doing nail art and helping a community for nail professionals in Central California through an Instagram group. So if you are listening and you are interested in starting your own nail business, reach out to our friend here. And yeah, she just, she likes cold coffee because I asked you guys what your favorite drink was. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that's super cool. We have a lot of dreamers on our podcast and our Instagram community. And I'm so glad to see all of you guys engaging with us. We really like to hear about you and your passions all right i think we're done all right well bye guys we'll see how this plays out yes bye see you next tuesday wait let's do it again okay bye guys see you you next tuesday next tuesday guys (laughs) we're horrible at that